0: We had an anniversary of something that someone wanted to give us a tree to commemorate that. And trees are expensive no matter what size they are in. We were pretty overjoyed for that. So we found the location that we wanted to put the tree in. We dug what we thought was the right size hole, and the tree arrived. We planted it and we did the things that you need to do to try and keep a tree alive. At first it looked like it was going along really well and then it began to turn bad and from bad to worse and it finally ended up looking like this picture. Mm -hmm. There it was and as we looked at it we were wondering what, what had happened. You know we watered it, we fed it, we did all the things you were supposed to do and so we talked to somebody at the nursery and the first question they asked us was, well, how deep did you bury it? How deep did I bury it? I buried it, that's what you do. You bury trees, you put the root ball in the ground. They're like, no, one of the leading causes of a tree declining and even dying is if you bury the tree too deep. I didn't know that. I didn't have a clue about that. I guess the roots also need to be able to get oxygen in order for that tree to thrive, We killed that tree by burying it too deep. You know, today in our Weepers to Leapers series that we are in, we are talking about something today that is most important in our lives, as are all the fruits of the Spirit. Let's look at that next verse and say it together. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control faithfulness you know I think we think about faithfulness initially and maybe we think well I'm a good husband I'm a faithful husband I'm a faithful friend I'm faithful to my boss at work I'm a faithful employee you know that's kind of natural in us whenever we hear something we think about what we might do but the word really means faithfulness to God Faithfulness to His Word. Faithfulness to His will. It's a word that is active, as our faith is always active. As John says in our epistle, he commends the elder, the brother, for being faithful to the truth. Faithful to the faith. Faithful to those things. So the definition is really being active, that word faithfulness, being active in our faith. You know, Jesus today in our gospel is teaching his disciples what it means, what faithfulness looks like as we wait for his return. There's been a number of parables that he's told, but he's saying, what does it mean to be faithful in the time that I am gone, the time of the church, the time in which we live? What does faithfulness look like? like?" And he begins to tell this story and he starts out with this following verse. A master called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. Now that's a pretty big thing for a master to come and entrust his wealth to his servants. Each of them, as we look at that gospel, is given a different amount. According to their ability is what the scripture says. You see, the master's not going to give more to somebody than he thinks they can handle. He's going to give the amount to each of us. It's important that we realize as we talk about this, that this really isn't just a parable talking about money. It's a parable talking about our faith, the gift that we have been given by God. You see, God has entrusted our faith to to us. It is a gift we receive at our baptism. It is a gift of grace, as the verse says in Ephesians, by grace you have been saved through faith. God gives us that grace. And that faith, and he expects that faith in our lives to bear fruit, to grow and to thrive, to be something that's living and acting. The very thing that we ask a family as they bring a young child to that baptismal font. This is just day one. This is just the beginning of this faith journey. Child needs to hear the scriptures, to know about what God has done, to have those things, to have that faith grow. And that's what Jesus is talking about in this parable. You see, each of us, just like those servants, is given different amounts of faith. Romans 12.3 says the following, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. You know, it's appropriate that we look at the bags of gold that were given to those servants an enormous amount of money. The master's entrusting him with his fortune because the gift of our faith that God has given us is of enormous wealth and of value, so priceless that it cost our Savior everything in order that he might give it to us. We're not told exactly how much that is, but it says that one servant received five bags of gold, one, two, and one, one. That bag of gold in terms of the weight of what it would have been in that day would have been equivalent to almost 30 years of a common man's labor, a whole lifetime of labor given to somebody. An incredible amount of money. And each takes what they are given. Now the story, the parable doesn't tell us exactly how the first two servants multiplied what they had been given, but it does tell us what the last man had done. It says this, but the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Now you need to understand something in that day and in that time. That was acceptable to do. That was an acceptable way to treat a fortune, something of wealth. You see, there weren't banks like we have. You couldn't take it somewhere and put it there and give it to somebody. And at the end of the story, when the master's saying you should have given it to the moneylenders, he's not talking about a credible group of people. He's talking about those in the temple that kind of cheated people and did things. It's less than above board. But there weren't places to take this money and just invest it like we can today. And so if you buried money in the ground... You were legally absolved if someone else found it and stole it. You were absolved from having to pay it back. It was the prudent thing for that servant to do in his mind. What I should do that's right in order to keep this fortune safe. But as we see in the story, Jesus hasn't asked us to do the prudent thing in our lives. He's asked us to do the faithful thing. We are not called to bury our faith. We are called to bear much fruit with our faith. And so we know in the story what goes on. The master returns. And the first two servants that had been given five and two bags of gold of this fortune come back and say that they have doubled their master's gift to them. Multiplied it. And it is a great fortune, even greater now than it was. But then the third one comes and tells the master what he has done with the bag of gold. How he kept it safe. He did the right thing in his mind. The first two servants are commended for what they have done. In fact, they're commended into a point that you, all, you see the relationship change with their master. No longer are they servants. He says, come and share in your master's joy. Become part of the family. Enter into my glory with me. But the third servant, the one who did that prudent thing, that right thing, that bag of gold is taken away from him. It's taken away and given to the others and he is cast out for being lazy, for not doing at least something with the incredible gift that his master had given him. By keeping it safe, by doing the prudent thing, he had failed to do what the master expected of him. You know, that's the parable, and as I said, it's a parable about the gift that we have been given in our faith. And maybe you're sitting out there saying, well, that seems a little harsh, doesn't it? Faith is a gift. We're all given in it. And Any amount of faith is saving faith, isn't it? Yes. Yes, it is. The fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness, the gift that we have been given, multiplying that gift By God putting us in that position. You see what the Holy Spirit does in our lives, that he works in our lives with the faith that we have been given. To put us in the place where that faith can grow and multiply. To put us in the place where the word can be heard. Where we can share in the gifts that we celebrate in the church. The Spirit working in our lives that that faith might grow, might multiply, might be something that is fruitful. But here's the problem in our lives. You see, we often resist that Holy Spirit working in us to allow this faith to be faithful, to be fruitful, and to multiply. We often resist. Sometimes we hear words of somebody, well, you know, I'm a lifelong Christian. I don't need to be in Bible study anymore. I learned all this as a young child. We hear somebody say, well, I don't need to go to church. There's just a bunch of hypocrites there anyway. I don't need to be with them. I can worship God off on my own, in my own way. People often say, well, you know, I don't really want to have conversations about faith with people or anything. You know, that's a personal issue, something that we shouldn't do. And then I'm a good person. I know God will take that into account. You see, we resist the Holy Spirit trying to bring us and to put us in the position where the faith and gift that we have been given, the treasure that God has deposited in us can grow and thrive and multiply and be useful in the kingdom. That resistance is burying the treasure just like that third servant did, burying it in the ground. And as I found out, burying something that is living too deep can cause its death. So also, if we bury and resist the Holy Spirit enough, our faith can die. It can be gone within us. And we can be found empty and dead. You know, in the Lord's Prayer that we pray every Sunday, one of the petitions that we say is, Your kingdom come. And if you remember as a child, memorizing what the explanation to that petition is, It goes like this. God's kingdom truly comes on its own without our prayer, but we pray in this petition that it would come among us also. What we're asking in that petition to the Lord's Prayer is that God would extend His kingdom, would grow His kingdom, that it would thrive and extend through the gift of faith that we have been given by our using that gift to extend that kingdom into reaching others, to bring to them the love and the grace and the forgiveness that we have been given as a gift through our Savior. It's a picture that we have that the gifts are used and multiplied, that the work of the Holy Spirit works in us to draw others in, that we extend God's kingdom through that incredible gift of faith through the grace we have been given by our Savior. But as I said, often we resist and bury that faith and allow it to just become dim and die. The Holy Spirit wants to draw us into relationships with people. Wants to extend that kingdom through the gift that we have been given. Wants us to have those conversations. Not conversations that you have on an initial meet. You don't talk about somebody's life in depth when you first meet them. It takes years of friendship. That's what it looks like. Friendship and growing a relationship to the point where there is mutual trust and admiration to the point then finally when someone asks you a question, Frank, Harry, Mary, Mildred, whatever your name is. Why is it that as I look at your life, you seem so sure and so confident? What is it that gives you the hope when everything's falling around you and going to pot? What is it inside of you that's different than what I have? You see, that's the conversation of faith then at that moment in life that extends the kingdom of God among us, that allows that faith to grow and to thrive and to be planted in someone else so that it can produce fruit also in them. That's what we are called to be as the people of God. The commandment that we were given by Jesus Go into all the world, baptize, teach, make disciples. Extend the kingdom of God by the gift that you and I have been given, that it, we might be faithful, that it might grow, that it might multiply to the glory of the Father, as Jesus said. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. What an incredible gift we have been given in our faith of such value and of such price that we need to hold it dear. And as the Holy Spirit works in our lives to put us in the position that it might grow and thrive to heed those promptings through the Word, to hear His call, to confess our sins, receive forgiveness, and share in the gifts that we celebrate again and again by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here's the incredible news that that grace brings us. The passage from 2 Timothy 2.13 that talks about if we are faithless, you see, even if we resist, even if we put it in the ground, even if we choose not to do what we are being prompted to do, He remains faithful or He cannot disown Himself. See, our God will call us again and again from where we have turned away from our resistance, from our burying our faith in the ground and thinking that that was the right thing to do rather than the thing that we have been asked to do. He remains faithful to us in his forgiveness and his love and his grace. And he will bring us back again and again so that we are in the position that this faith can grow and thrive and multiply and extend the kingdom, the kingdom of Jesus Christ our Lord, The kingdom of grace and love to each one of us. May we truly be people that the Holy Spirit can lead in faithfulness to God and to his will and to his word. May we be brought again and again to the place of realizing that we have sinned and turned away, that the fruits of repentance might grow in us in order that the fruit of grace and love and forgiveness might be extended through each one of us.